You're listening to episode three of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Today's interview is with Lauren Breyer of LB Creative, graphic designer, brand designer, and packaging designer, but also self-proclaimed hobby collector. In this episode, we'll be talking about what it means to be a multi-passionate entrepreneur and how this can actually be to your advantage as a creative business person and what you can do to stay inspired in your small business. I hope you enjoy. Is my aesthetic branding marketing entrepreneurship? You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, brand designer, creative, and social media junkie, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. And I'm here to share strategies, hacks, and know-how on branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship for the online-minded small business owner. In this podcast, I'll be sharing interviews, solo episodes, and even more to help you up-level your brand by turning your visions into visuals and connecting with your ideal audience online. Let's get to today's episode. Why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, and how you got started, and we'll just have to go in from there. Okay, cool. So I'm Lauren, and business is called Elm Creative, as you've already mentioned. So we're a boutique branding and packaging design studio out of Milwaukee. And I started only a few months ago, actually. Um, I worked for a design firm for three years before that. So yeah, I I never really knew when the right time was to like jump into having my own business. But I know a lot of people kind of have this like checklist in their mind of like, you need to have this amount of clients and this amount of work and this amount of money. But to me, it was more of like a feeling of like, this feels right. I feel like there was like a lull in my um, previous job. So it just kind of made the most sense to jump into owning my own business. So yeah, it's been really cool. Um, It's been a lot of like ebbs and flows, but it's been really exciting. And so how long have you officially like been doing your own business? So I've been working full time at LB Creative since September. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That's super exciting. I mean, it's crazy that it's already January is already over. I'm sure you're feeling that feeling as well. Because the holidays, the holidays are always crazy, and then it just kind of like January slaps you in the face, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then it's craziness from there. Um, but this is yeah. super exciting. So tell me a little bit more about like your what your role at your corporate job was. Um, maybe mm-hmm. like what you studied, because I know a lot of people um, were asking me even this week, like. What did you major in and what school did you go to? And how does that, how do those skills apply? Um, so maybe you can walk us through that a little bit. Yeah. So I, I feel like I had a pretty traditional route to where I ended up. I didn't like jump to a bunch of different jobs. I actually knew that I wanted to be a designer for a really long time, probably at least 10 years now. Um, so I went to school at UW Milwaukee um, for graphic design and I, got my bachelor's degree a couple years ago. That was right before I started working at a design firm. So I kind of got lucky and got a design firm job right out of school. So um, I was just like a regular graphic designer there, but we focused a lot on packaging and a little Mm -hmm. bit of branding. But it was kind of interesting because we worked with really like large clients and some were pretty big budget clients and national companies. So even though the design firm was really small, it was kind of like a little intimidating and intense to jump into like 
oh, I have to like do packaging for a national brand and I've never done packaging before. Right. <laughs> so I a lot really quickly, which is super cool. Yeah, definitely. So when you were studying graphic design at school, were you doing kind of like case study projects or kind of like pretend businesses? Like what kind of, how much of it was technical versus conceptual? Because I was in fine arts, yeah. and it was 100% conceptual, and none of it was technical. <laughs> so yeah. everything technical, I had to YouTube everything. So I was like, I don't know how to outline fonts. Like, mm -hmm. it was very much like I had to kind of learn as I go kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I'm curious. Of, it's interesting because I feel like it was pretty conceptual, too. Um, I feel like if you had no idea how to do any technical stuff related to design and you just thought the idea of it sounded cool, I feel like you would struggle a lot because... They kind of expected you to know some things going into it. And although there were technical things, um, I feel like they just kind of expected you to kind of know what you were doing and then or figure yeah. it out. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I feel like it was a lot of conceptual, a lot of conceptual stuff like, yeah, building a brand or um, like having a narrative and trying to tell a story through design. So, yeah, a lot of conceptual stuff. Cool. There is a uh, question coming in from the Facebook group and I'm looking at who it was. Kelly Quintana. Did I say that right, Kelly? Um, Kelly wants to know from you, what is your advice for getting an intern position with graphic design? I think even when you're in college, networking is super important. I feel like a lot of universities have like networking events of some kind. So I really try to get to know my professors on a more personal level. And that is probably the biggest, biggest reason why I got my design firm job is because I had a personal connection with my professor and she personally recommended the job to me. Awesome. So that's why I got it. But um, yeah, that's great advice. knowing people is honestly really important. And I feel like your professors are always trying to help you. Like that's kind of their job. So yeah, I think if exactly. you just talk to you know, go after class, talk to your professors, ask, like, do you know of any interns, internships, like, popping up in the area? I feel like they're always on the lookout for stuff like that, so. Absolutely. No, that's so similar. I mean, I, um, I was a fine arts and art history major, and I thought for sure I wanted to be an art curator. I actually made a joke today because I just bought my mm -hmm. French painter and I just bought one of her paintings and I was making a joke with her. I was like, yeah, like when I thought I wanted to be an art curator until I got an internship at a museum. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was just, it was office work. And I was like, what the heck? I thought I was going to be like talking to artists and installing mm -hmm. stuff in galleries and right. like really wanted to be like out with the people. And I was in a cubicle and I was like, Oh, heck no. Like, I'm not doing that. So um, it's, it is really interesting. I think internships are a great way to kind of taste test what you think. Yeah. You want to yeah. Sure. Learn by doing. So I'm very pro internship. Um, yeah. But yeah. Let's talk a little bit. You have on your website, you have it listed that mm -hmm. you are a hobby collector, which I've yeah. never heard those two words like in combination as like, I love that. Like that was so unique. Uh -huh. That really stood out to me um, because again, I can totally relate to like, Ooh, I'm going to do this and this and that. And this month mm -hmm. I'm doing this. And, like I'm always interested yeah. in challenging, my, challenging myself to kind of do something that pushes me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. So uh, I want to hear what your craziest hobbies are or were and <laughs> the ones that you kept up and how maybe those inform your design process or like help you in your job now. Yeah. So I've, I've really gone all over the place when it 
it comes to hobbies. I feel like design has always been a constant in my life, but everything else, I just am such an, I'm just so interested in learning new things all the time that when I start doing something, I'm like all in it. And then I kind of like back off a little and then I find something else and then I'm all in it. So yeah, I really love like finding new hobbies. And I think in high school, probably my craziest hobby was I really wanted to learn how to do my own acrylic nails because <laughs> I wanted to save money. And so I figured out how to do it on myself. So then I started doing it on like all my friends and stuff. And it kind of sparked that like entrepreneurship in me I yeah. think, a little bit. And then in college, I also tried to sell like body products and I made them in my dorm room. <laughs> I was like mixing shea butter and like coconut oil and stuff. Yeah. But that was cool because I started doing packaging design for my products. So mm -hmm. that kind of made me realize how much I love packaging design. And so I feel like everything kind of all boiled down to like entrepreneurship in the end. But um, yeah. It, I've done a lot of weird hobbies. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I actually, I went to, um, do you know Creative Mornings? Yeah. So there was yeah. a- Yeah, I go to the local Creative Mornings here. Yeah, there was one in San Diego this morning and the guy on stage was talking about kind of like how wonderful it is for that kids can be so creative in different ways and entrepreneurial from such a young age. And he was telling the story about his, I think it was like his wife's daughter or something like this who was obsessed with slime, like total slime, uh -huh. like slime obsessed. And she goes, yeah, yeah. I really want to host an event, like a slime event. And mm -hmm. he's like, Do it. and she's like, well, I've never done it before. And he's like, yeah, me either. Uh -huh. And by the end of it, they'd organized this slime meetup. They flew out two slime influencers, like had a whole mm -hmm. slime theme thing and like what a cool opportunity for like a 12 13 year old yeah. like, oh, you can like if that's what you want to do like mm -hmm. we're gonna find the tools to figure it out so I'm wondering because that's totally how my family was growing up like you yeah. have an idea you want to do a bake sale I used to sell bracelets and I was mm -hmm. making like for a time I was like making wine charms for my mom's friends with little beads yeah. on them and, and, like napkin rings like I was always into crafty crafty mm -hmm. stuff yeah. So if you also grew up with like kind of a crafty, like, I'm going to see what I can make and see what I can sell. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely did. Um, I, I remember hanging out with a friend, I think it was in middle school and I lived kind of in an interesting house. Um, my dad works at a quarry. And okay. so I remember that we lived in when I was growing up and I lived kind of it's like an echo, sorry. Yeah, okay. sorry. So the house I lived in growing up um, was kind of like right on the edge of the quarry. And there was this like road behind my house where truck drivers drove by. And so we made this like giant sign and we were selling like candy and lemonade and like little snacks to truck drivers <laughs> as they drive by. And yeah, that I feel like all creatives all creative entrepreneurs probably have done something like that in their life. At some point. At some point. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like some of the crazy stuff I did. Um, always like people were asking me to draw things for them, which I'm yeah. not a very drawer, which is so funny. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's kind of weird how you get to where you're going. I was telling the story today. I had brunch with a, a bunch of girls that I'm in a networking group with. And um, we were talking about some like obscure jobs that we had and how mm -hmm. they like help us now. And yeah. I was explaining, I had a job in college at the alumni call center 
mm-hmm. calling people, asking them for donations to the university. Somebody's like, they're like, how old are you? It's like, I'm 26. They're like, what? How are you 26? Like, are you kidding me? And I was like, yeah, like, but I love sales. I was like, I think if I lived a double mm-hmm. life and we're in corporate, I would be in sales because I just, I love the, let, let's figure out what we can do for you. And let's find a way to make this work. And like, there's mm-hmm. so much creativity in that. Yeah. And I think so much of that comes from my experience being on the donor side of things and being in the call center because mm-hmm. you're cold calling people during the dinner hour, asking them, will you make a donation of $40 so we can have a new baseball field? <laughs> and they're like drowning in student debt. Like, oh, yeah. Brutal. I also worked at a call center when I was in college too, but it was in undergraduate admissions. So um, it was mostly calling people related to like paperwork that they had to fill out and stuff. But I remember the people that worked your job asking for donations. I was always, I always thought like that would be the hardest job because nobody wants to donate to school when they're paying. No, no. I mean, I talked to so many people that were like on the recent grads list that were like, take me off your call list. Like I'm drowning in student debt. Like it was a mess. But at some point I was doing okay. And I got put on like the high, high donor call list. Mm -hmm. And you made if you got like a donation of over a certain amount of money on a credit card that night, you got an extra bonus. Mm-hmm. And I had one paycheck where my bonuses exceeded my pay, my hourly, mm-hmm. and they put a cap on it. And they're like, we're going to move you to the other list. And I was like, but I'm doing a good job. Like I was pissed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't last at that job too much longer after. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of crazy because like, it's shocking to me how many creatives don't have good business sense. Yeah. And like you don't have phone skills or email etiquette or timeline, like somewhere mm-hmm. along the line, you either belong to like one camp or the other. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the, the designers and the entrepreneurs that do really well have a little bit of both. They've got business mind, but they also have creative mind. And that's yeah. what makes it like a better path. So I'm, I'm curious, like what kind of business qualities do you think you have versus like what kind of design creative, obviously besides being a designer, but like mm-hmm. where do you see that balance like left brain right brain for yourself yeah i feel like i'm kind of a mix of both um when i worked at the design firm i definitely felt like i wasn't reaching my full potential because i was missing out on that whole business side of things and whenever i would hear like my boss complaining about like oh i have to do like this like organizing stuff and like accounting and like all the typical things that go into business i always had this like thought of i want to do that though like i want right. to do that Sounds fun to me. So yeah, I feel like I've become much more of an organized person over time. Um, Okay, I I wasn't in the past, but I've kind of honed in on those skills, and it's really helped me become a better business person. And I've taken a lot of online courses too on how to like run a business, and I feel like that really has shaped the way that I I do business. Let's talk about that more then, which I've never taken any online course ever. (laughs) So, but I want to make one. So for like market research purposes, I should probably take one first, just so I know what you're into. But um, how did you find out about these courses? How did you know which ones you wanted to take? Mm -hmm. Um, Were there some some that were way more helpful than others? Like what was your whole course taking experience? Yeah, so um, it's funny. The first course I ever took, I actually took because of an Instagram ad 
And okay. I'm not usually the type of person that sees an Instagram ad and I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta check that out. Right. But, um, it was by a fellow designer, Clover and Crow. Okay. And it was all about, it's called the Freelancers Business Bootcamp. And okay. if you're a designer and you're wanting to start your own business, it's an amazing course. I highly recommend it. And I was very scared to invest in myself because I was just starting out and I was like, I don't know, like, is this worth my money? And like, I don't really know what's going to happen, but she taught you so many things. And I think the most valuable thing was um, like project management tools that I had no idea even existed, like HoneyBook and Asana and Dubsado and stuff. And I was just kind of winging it in that way. (laughs) I was just like, I've got it kind of organized, you know, I've got... I've got my emails figured out, but this has just really been a game changer for me. And since then, I was like kind of hooked on the whole online course thing. And I was like, I got to take more. And so the other courses that I've taken are more based in like design itself or like right now I'm actually taking one for web design so that I can offer those services. But um, yeah, but that course was really great for business. Yeah, I think we're in a really interesting spot where like the online course space is like a dime a dozen, um, at least because maybe it's the audience that I follow and it's probably the audience that you follow where like it seems like there's so many courses and there's not necessarily, it's hard to tell like which ones are legit or which ones aren't. Um, But there's another question over here specific to, it's Kelly. Kelly, you got all the good questions today. Kelly (laughs) says it was going to go back to school for business or marketing, but I'm scared. I just have a bachelor's degree and everything business and marketing is probably from my family's advice, but also from like learning and absorbing free resources. Um, The online course space is like fascinating to me. Um, Mm -hmm. I think what an awesome way to get a really in-depth education without having to go back to school. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And I feel like with online courses, you can really like research and find somebody that is in your specific niche and then I feel like if you go to school for like say marketing, but you want to learn more about marketing and design, you're not really going to learn that specific skill set in school. You're going to learn like a generalized marketing for all types of companies. So it's really cool with online courses because like when I found Clover and Crow, I was like, okay, well, she's kind of like who I want to be. Like she's right. a really successful designer and she's really got like her marketing down and she seems really organized. And so I felt really comfortable with doing her course because I was like, she already kind of has it all figured out and she's been doing this for a while. And her course was all about like a cumulative mass of everything that she's learned over like her career. And it's really cool to kind of like jump into the mind of somebody that you admire. Yeah. And it's a great chance to like learn something based on someone else's experience. Like I had a few people reach out this week being like, Hey, I really want to get started. Um, what should I do? How do I start getting clients? And I said, well, the only thing I can tell you is what I've done and you can take that advice for what it is. And like, I can give you my best suggestions. Um, but sometimes there is value in kind of learning Mm -hmm. someone who's been on your path or someone who's a few steps in front of you. Like, okay, cool. Like, I think I could see myself doing that. Like, and I have no problem sharing. I'm an open book. I mean, I'm going live every week and just sharing a bunch of stuff. So yeah. to me, like, I'm happy to help out somebody who's where I was a year ago. Yeah. Um, but I want to go back to what you were t- just talking about 
um, as far as like systems, processes, um, softwares, because I think when I was starting out, that totally intimidated me. So I was like, oh, I don't want to pay yeah. for it. I use Basecamp, Harvest, QuickBooks, mm-hmm. and Google Drive. I pay for storage on Google Drive. And there's mm-hmm. another one I'm forgetting. But when I started out, my parents gave me this piece of advice. They're like, just charge a one-time new client setup fee. Mm-hmm. So charge on As a line item on your invoice, say, hey, mm-hmm. to like set up your project, it's going to cost this. And I never had anybody tell me no, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I could guarantee that I was going to cover my costs on my software because yeah. you know, these projects, when I was first starting, I was charging $15 an hour mm-hmm. and I was doing everything under the sun, postcards, business cards, t-shirt designs, but because I'd never done them before, it took me a while. And so yeah. I was worried. I was like, what if I don't get enough jobs and I can't pay for the software that I need, or I can't pay for a course that I want to take. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit chicken in the egg, but once you do invest in those systems, you end up making it back like 10 times over. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that that's really interesting also, especially when you're just getting started because like it is an investment. It is an investment to use a mm-hmm. tool. And right. a lot of times those tools pay off. At least you've had that experience. I've had that experience. Yeah. But there's also like that tricky thing of like figuring out which tool is the right tool for the job. Right. Did you battle any of that? Or once you took the course, you pretty much knew you were all in for like, Asana and um, the other ones you're using? Yeah, so the course definitely helped me. I think if I didn't have that course, I probably would have ended up trying a couple different things and seeing what worked and what didn't. Um, But I did read up a lot about Dubsado, um, but I ended up not going with that because it was a little bit higher priced and it seemed to do kind of the same things that I wanted in other programs. So yeah, I do use HoneyBook for... Um, my project proposals, my contracts, and my invoices, and then I use Asana for project management, and then I also pay for Dropbox for file yeah. storage as well. Yeah, no, all all good things, all good tools. Yeah, yeah, um, super yeah, because too, like I think there's designers that are starting out or creatives that are starting out that try to do everything in email. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever tried yeah. to attach like a design file over email, you know, like what a shit show that can be. <laughs> everyone's emails are different all of a sudden it's formatting all wonky and it takes Mm -hmm. you 15 minutes to figure out what the heck the edits are because Mm -hmm. they're not organized in any way that for me makes any sense like visually um from like the email user interface so yeah it's kind of crazy to think about what a difference it does make to have the right systems in place yeah absolutely absolutely um somebody asked if we could list these yes there's a blog on my website um, Kelly and I will send it to you. Kelly, you're on fire today. Um, Kelly has another question. <laughs> when doing a project for a client, what are your personal project management skills or direction that you take when you design? I think I understand this question. I'm also going to turn the light on in here because it's starting to get dark. There we go. Yeah. So when I'm working on a project, um, yeah, project management, um, I feel like I always start the project in HoneyBook. Um, I set up the invoices. I send um, contracts right away. Contracts are huge. Like mm-hmm. put a contract in place for every project you do. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. really important. Mm-hmm. And then um, once the contract is signed, then I get my clients in Asana and I already have the project pretty much all laid out in steps. So I have like categories. I'll have like brand strategy and then all the steps and then um, like 
logo design or whatever I'm doing and then all the steps. And then I'll also have, um, I'll assign that task to either me or my client, depending on who is supposed to do it. And then I'll assign due dates as well. So it's kind of like an instant way for the client to be like, okay, this is what's going to go down and this is how long it's going to take. And then it also keeps me in check and I get like those email notifications saying like, right. hey, this is due today. Um, so I'm always aware of what's going on and how long the project should take. And it's just a really easy way to be organized the whole time. Totally. I mean, a big part of my process this year has been about like um, creating templates for things also. Mm -hmm. So within Basecamp, I can make a template project for like um, a mini brand design versus a full service brand design versus a website so that when I do start that new project, like you're saying, like these to-do lists and these tasks and things like that can be preloaded, which also is a huge time saver. It's one of those things that, like you spend a little bit of time up front making the template, making things standardized, and then mm -hmm. to just replicate, replicate, replicate. It's a huge, huge time saver. And it's just like doing that admin stuff gets so boring. I don't know if you feel this way yeah, too. Yeah, it does. Cool. But I feel like, like yeah, those, great, it's those tools really help cut down the amount of time that you're working on everything. Absolutely. <laughs> All the admin stuff. I wanted to circle back again. We keep like talking and then I'm like, oh, I want to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about the importance of contracts. Yeah. And I've got a lot of um, some of the people that just joined their Facebook group, actually um, clients of mine or whatever, like they're just getting started and maybe don't understand what goes in a contract or why they should have it. Mm -hmm. So what, what kind of stuff do you want to make sure you always have in your contract and when in the process do you send your contract with your clients? I send my contract right after the client approves the proposal. So mm -hmm. if they're like, yep, I want to move forward, then I write up the contract. I have a contract that's already like pre-written and then I just tweak it and um, just depending on what the project is. But I think one of the most important parts of a contract is like how many revisions you want to go through because I've read a lot of horror stories on like Facebook groups of people saying, I didn't have a contract in place and now the client wants me to go outside of the scope of work and they keep asking for more and more and more stuff. And I can't, I feel like I can't say no because right. I don't have a contract. And I feel like a contract is just a really easy way for like, if the client starts to go a little haywire in any way, you can just be like, Hey, we already agreed about this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, from the beginning that the client like reads over all the rules and um, like everything pertaining to the project. So they should know in advance what's going to go down. And hopefully that prevents any like chaos later on. And it inevitably happens. Like inevitably, mm -hmm. no matter how many years you've been in business, like there will be that client that pushes the boundaries and pushes mm -hmm. the limits and takes advantage of your time. And the, really the contract is just in place to protect both people. It's to protect yeah. your client and protect yourself and make sure that what you're agreeing to is what's being delivered. So I, I don't even call mine a contract. I think I call it a service agreement. <laughs> so, yeah, actually yeah, I think right. I call mine that too. Now service agreement, like contract sounds really intense, but it's a great thing to reference back to, right? So mm -hmm. if I have, a, I have in my contract that if invoices go unpaid for more than 30 days, they incur a late yeah. fee. Like, yeah. That's something I didn't know I could do, but I've already done the work. Like I should be paid on time. You don't go to the grocery store and say, okay, right. I'll pay you 
you in three weeks. Like, no, you got to pay for your groceries now. Like you're going to mm -hmm. go, eat them, you know? So yeah. that I've had to lean on that one a few times with clients and be like, listen, like it's your choice now, either you pay it now or you're going to keep racking up these late fees and you legally signed this document. So that's on you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd be happy to collect your continuing hundred dollars for you being late on your payment. It's always tricky. That kind of stuff is like kind of the yucky part of business. But again, like some yeah. creatives, I think there's not, there cannot be enough resources to explain how important that is. Right. And I feel like HoneyBook is a really great way to send contracts because then it's just all digital. All they have to do is open it, scroll through it, sign it digitally. They don't have to like print it out or like scan it or any like long right. process. It's just like quick and easy. And then it's just there for them to review later if they need to look at right. it. There are also a bunch of free tools for this. Um, cause I, I do my, mm -hmm. I draft up my, my service agreements in Google drive, I export as a PDF and then throw it into like a PDF signer. Mm -hmm. So it's like DocuSign, Lumen is a great one. HelloSign also has a certain number yeah. for free. So if you are starting out, like there are some more budget options. Is HoneyBook is, is an investment, right? Or is it a free platform? I can't remember. Oh, HoneyBook. Yeah. Yeah, HoneyBook is, I think it's like $30 a month, but okay. um, it is really great because you can do all your invoicing through there and they don't take much uh, much of a percentage of your costs. Okay. And it's just a really easy way to keep track of everything. I feel like it's really well organized, so I feel like it's worth it for me. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I think the thing is, is like figuring out whichever combination of products and systems works for you and then stick yeah. with it. And if it doesn't work, mm -hmm. like switch. I mean, I started off, I was on wave, which is like an e-commerce and product store kind of thing. And uh, the invoicing mm -hmm. was so clunky because it wasn't designed for my kind of job where I was yeah. doing at the time, like time based projects or mm -hmm. um, project ba based pricing. And then mm -hmm. I switched over to harvest, which I like much better. So harvest yeah. with the integrated time tracking, which is really nice. And mm -hmm. their invoicing is really seamless. And I love not having to like chase people down for checks. Yeah. or wait for them in the mail or any of that stuff like just getting paid by credit card i think it's like industry standard at this point yeah what you do you know mm -hmm. so yeah i closed out of the questions and so i want to get them back open also kelly wants to also know <laughs> how do you break your projects into packages do you do package offerings or do you um have one service what kind of what's your offering structure, I guess. I've, I've changed my structure a few times now because I, I started with like an overall like package for each type of service. So like a branding package and a packaging design package. Um, but I found that a lot of people were like, well, I don't want this item yeah. and I also can't afford this whole package. So I have broken it down into more of like an essentials package, which is a few items that I feel like are definitely necessary and then kind of like a Mac daddy all in sort of yes. package. Um, and sometimes I'll also create custom packages for clients because sometimes they want like a variety of things that might not be typical. So um, I usually reference my packages to them in the first place. And then if they're looking for some extra things, then I'll like kind of create a custom proposal for them. But I think it's nice to have like a variety of packages that can work for different price points. Absolutely. And I think 
that was a huge learning curve for me last year because I was mm -hmm. only offering pretty much one service, which was yeah. signature brand design package. And then there's signature brand plus website. So maybe two, but mm -hmm. really one. And I felt like I was working with like higher budget clients, which was awesome. Like climbing, 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 like things were great. But then I was missing out on working for just really cool projects that didn't need the full suite. Like you were saying, like they didn't need like letter heart, letterhead, email signature, business right. card, da, 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 da. like they didn't need everything. They're like, mm -hmm. I just need logo, color palette, fonts, stock photography. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay. And the first one I took up similar to this, well, not the first, but like one of the ones from last year was called Bad Bitch Book Club. Uh -huh. And Mackenzie Newcomb, she absolutely kills it. She's running it as a side hustle. She's got a full-time mm -hmm. job and then she runs a blog on the side. And she said that last year she challenged herself to read 50 books in a year. And so a bunch of other people were like, I want to do that with you. So she made a Facebook community and she's mm -hmm. like, I've got this Facebook community and it's growing every day and people are begging me for merch. And I was like, mm -hmm. this sounds so fun. And at the time I was pricing out projects like between probably like 3000 all the way up to like 8,000. And she's like, I've mm -hmm. got, I've got 600 bucks, 500 bucks, whatever. And I was like, oh man, I was like, I really want to do it. And so this is really where my like smaller package came from. Like my mini yeah. because it's unrealistic to think that someone like her who has this awesome idea and really cool brand, mm -hmm. Like I wanted the opportunity to support her through that. And she yeah. rocks our client of mine because she just like took the assets I gave her and ran with it. And now she mm -hmm. keeps coming back and was like, okay, let's do another one. Yeah. Let's do another launch. Let's do Valentine's theme stuff. Let's do this theme. And that's been really fun because that project that started off small because I like over delivered yeah. <laughs> turned into something much bigger over time. Right. So mm -hmm. I think, it's really, really interesting. And the whole idea of pricing projects is so, there's so much different information out there. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk to you because you also said that you did like a design boot camp. Oh yeah. Did they talk about like what package pricing looks like, how to price stuff, how do you approach that? Oh, with no, no that was a really unique experience. Um, I was actually in high school at the time. So my um, I had two different design teachers that were really cool and they really saw the potential in me. So they pushed me to go to this boot camp thing. And it was at the Art Institute of Chicago. I don't know if they still do it, but if they do and you're in high school, you should definitely look for it because it's super cool. Um, it was it wasn't just for designers though, it was like for different groups of creatives. Okay. So what the thing so what it was is um, they had like a theme for the boot camp. And the theme was zombie apocalypse. Amazing. <laughs> and so what they would do is like they had a group of photography students and they had these like zombie model actors and they would like take cool photos of them, in, like a photo studio. And then the film students would take like some shots of the models like outside at night or whatever. And then they would create like a movie trailer and oh, then hey. the design students would create like a movie poster and like DVD wrap and stuff. So it was like this massive collaborative effort on like creating like a fake movie. And it was just right. really, really cool and something really unique. And it just made me super excited about design. And I was kind of like, I, I really liked it at the time, but it just kind of solidified the idea in my mind that that was what I wanted to do for a living. Cool. That's super cool. I love that kind of 
that I think that's like something I really miss because I never had like a corporate de design job at all. I started mm -hmm. my business in college and then like never looked back. But I love that idea of like everybody collaborating together. Like everyone brings their own skill set to the table. Yeah. Like it's like almost like an agency dynamic. But I was mm -hmm. traveling in Cape Town, South Africa. At my housemates, I was with a travel group, mm -hmm. and. One of them was a motion graphics designer from Brazil. The other one was a copywriter translator from Germany. And then myself being from California, like we all collaborated on my client's project. Mm -hmm. And it was so freaking cool. Cause like yeah. creatives, totally different skill sets, totally different backgrounds. And like to all collaborate in that way on one thing was awesome. So I'm like definitely like eager to get into more opportunities like that. Yeah, so. I know. I wish I could do things like that too, because when I worked at a design firm, it was literally just designers. It wasn't like we didn't have a, a marketing right. team or like copywriters and stuff. So right. um, yeah, all we did was design together. Like we did collaborate, but it wasn't anything like when you're working with people with different skill sets and you can kind of bounce ideas off of each other. I think that's really a cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's kind of where, where I see myself going with my business as well is like, mm -hmm. I'm all about bringing in like different perspectives and working with different designers, even like, I think there's so much to be learned from each other. And that when you yeah. do work for yourself, or you are a freelancer, it can be like, pretty isolating. Yeah. Like it's kind of, it can be kind of lonely. Like I don't have coworkers. <laughs> yeah, my, my cat is my coworker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like we could talk about this stuff for forever, but there are some questions on the Google Doc I wanted to ask you. Oh, yeah. Time, it's almost, it's almost over. Go figure. Maybe we'll kind of go a little bit rapid fire on these if you're game. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's been your favorite project to date, and why? I think my favorite project is Dr. Eva's skincare packaging. It's on my website if anybody's interested in checking it out. Yeah. But um, it was really cool because Dr. Eva is a skincare. Um, creator and she has a phd in chemistry so all of her products are very based in like actual science it's it's really special and a lot of her products are also like really specific to certain needs that might not be found elsewhere like she has a soap that's made for gardeners that like wards off mosquitoes it's like really interesting specific products like that all of her packaging was very like handmade farmers markety looking when she started but she really wanted to like get her company out there into retail shops and also to apply to like grants and like bigger um bigger opportunities for her business and she felt like her packaging just wasn't reflective of yeah the level of growth that she wanted to hit so when we did all of her packaging, that was like really the first freelance packaging project I did. And it was just super special. And I feel like she's really been able to hit all of her goals that she set out for herself. And it's just like really cool to see that that's come from what we did together. Absolutely. That's awesome. Skincare. I'm working on kind of a skincare brand right now and packaging mm -hmm. is a lot of work. <laughs> Yeah. I used to just yeah. make the branding side of things and like there's so many things to consider and I don't have enough experience in it to know the proportion of scale when we're doing a we're basically designing a whole line of minis like mini travel sized mm -hmm. ones and so it's like That's okay hard. how small can this font really be like how, yeah. how can we get the most bang for our buck on this like tiny little real estate so mm -hmm. that's been a challenge to say the least um yeah. but it's interesting the whole skincare industry is fascinating yeah fascinating. 
Cool. Um, do you have a dream client? I feel like my dream client would maybe be like a new local coffee shop. I feel like my city, there's always coffee shops popping up. So I think it'd be super cool because a coffee shop has a lot of opportunity to do Mm -hmm. a variety of different types of work. Like I could do apparel, I could do packaging, branding, signage, interior, like wall murals. I feel like it would be so cool if I had total creative control and could do something like all inclusive and i've never done anything like to that scale so it'd be super fun yeah it'd be so fun and then i think too with a coffee shop you can get away with doing those like little delightful surprises is kind of what people are calling them yeah like the little like decals on the mirror in the bathroom Mm -hmm. or like napkins or some like there's so many cool creative ways to drop the branding without Mm -hmm. being like buy our coffee like a sign, right um Yeah, no, coffee, I was just saying this today, like coffee, restaurant, hospitality mm-hmm. would be so fun to design for. Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to yeah. make it happen. We're going to manifest it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So in the last eight minutes, mm-hmm. <laughs> this went by so fast. Yeah. I didn't have so many technical difficulties in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much to talk about, but where can everyone find you? Where can they follow you? Where can they get in touch with you and work with you? So you can find me at lbcreative.com. It's E-L-B-Y creative. And also on Instagram, it's lbcreative. I'm always on Instagram. I feel like I post every day and I post on stories a lot. So yeah, I'm pretty active there. Um, I have one more um, spot available for the upcoming month for branding. So I'm looking for somebody to fill that. Um, I'm working on a lot of different packaging projects right now. So it would be really fun to balance it out with some more branding. So yeah, um, I'm kind of like an open book. I feel like I help a lot of like younger people that are kind of emerging into design and people that are confused. I feel like a lot of people are scared to ask questions because they're afraid that they'll get like rejected, which I totally understand. I've had that happen. So yeah, if you ever want to like DM me on Instagram and ask any questions, I'm always open. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being my special guest today. Um, this worked pretty seamlessly. It feels like to share. Yeah, I'm glad it worked out. Um, I'm happy with that. I'm happy. We got some people tuning in, watching, hopefully you guys got some good um, advice from it. I'm curious now when I close out of this, if it'll give me the option to download it after yeah. that's the biggest complaint with going live on Instagram. If I had a guest, there was no way to save it. So right. for a year and like all that content is, <laughs> is out the window. Yeah. Feeling that this one might let me save it. If anything, it'll definitely save in the Facebook group. So you guys mm-hmm. can rewatch and get all those good tips that we talked about. And then uh, I'll work on over the weekend, getting the recap of everything that we talked about onto my website mm-hmm. and with all the links to yourself. Cool. Cool. Have a great rest of your weekend, rest of your Friday. And are you watching the Super Bowl? Yeah, I am going to watch the Super Bowl, but it's going to be 50 degrees that day, which for Mm. Wisconsin is like really warm. So I feel like I might also be outside that day. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we got so spoiled today. It was like 80. I was sweating through. Oh my gosh. It was, yeah, it was (laughs) summer. I know, right? I shouldn't be complaining at all. (laughs) Um, yeah, I've, I've got my eyes out for like the commercials at the Super Bowl. Cause that's really, the yeah, that's always fun to watch from like a branding and marketing perspective. That's my, it's yeah. my favorite part and JLo of course, and Shakira, like how could you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And guys, yeah. if you watch the video, definitely leave a comment, 
what any other questions that we didn't cover, we'll try to answer. And um, Lauren is in the group, so you can tag her at LB Creative uh, if you have any questions. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, uh, talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. For more information, please visit mkwcreative.co slash kmapod or follow along on every social media channel at mkwcreative.co. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group by the same name, Kiss My Aesthetic, and to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Catch you next time.